0: to Stationary Jason, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. My name is Justin Twyford. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Stu, how are you today? I'm in fine form. Thank you, Justin, for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm looking forward to an interesting discussion of collaboration tools, but we'll start as we usually do with a tool of the week. What have you got this
1: week, Stu? This week, I'm cheating. Uh, it's not really a tool. It's more of a technique so uh margin uh by which i mean just getting ahead on tasks so i record a couple of podcasts each week uh well three in fact and i publish a minimum of three posts a week which is fine i mean it's not exactly going down into the mines it's not hard work however it does mean you kind of need to t- to show up and Getting a little bit ahead, so maybe writing three or four posts and then uh, editing those and scheduling them, suddenly creates a lot of extra time for future me. Uh, And should I want to, I don't know, goof off, go to the beach, or really concentrate on something else that I'm doing, I can do that because I've created some margin in my deadlines. And that's really helped me out this week.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Very good idea. Did you get that at all from a book? Because I know there was a book uh, on margin that was doing the rounds uh, probably a couple of years ago.
1: Um it's central to the uh focus course academy that I do with the suite setup. Okay. Um Blanc Media. So uh there's a lot of talking about margin there. Um, but it's also something that um I hate saying this, but as a content creator, um, I've always Sort of aspired to getting to a point where I'm a little bit further ahead and I can you know build in that space to to go and look at other things and not be sort of on a treadmill uh, when you make a promise to blog or to broadcast on a regular basis you you, you create obligations for future you uh, and it's just nice to be able to defer some of those to a certain extent.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd like to defer the whole of future me some days. <laughs> yeah,
1: we all have days like that. What about you? What's been your tool of the week?
0: All right, so this is a new one, and this comes down to me being uh, financially conservative, let's call it. Uh, I've been looking at the ugmunk system that you have, uh, the beautiful wood stand for your daily index card. And unfortunately, by the time I brought it into Canada from the U S with shipping, it was about hundred bucks us, which is a heck of a lot of money for just a little card, just a little card holder sit on my desk. So I was creative and thought of something different. And I went and found a Juvali business card stand, uh, which is a wood rounded card stand for business cards, which works really, really well for holding up index cards as well as business cards. And these were a two-pack of $9.91 Canadian from Amazon, which is about 8% of the cost. And I picked those up, and they're absolutely gorgeous. So I have all the functionality of you guys that have all the fancy stuff on my desk in a pretty stand. It's wood stand, so it looks very nice uh, for a fraction of the cost, and I'm pretty happy with that.
1: There we go. That's what you call sort of thorough analog, just going down to the real basics. Yeah. Function over form good work i like it all right so what are we uh, what are we covering today justin
0: all right so we've had a journey with this this is a personal experience show uh, we're going to talk about collaboration tools because we have been experimenting with them behind the scenes trying to figure out what the right one is for both us to use here And for us to use in businesses as well. Uh, A lot of this comes from sort of our recent reading of Cal Newport's.
1: Yeah, a world without email.
0: One thing I've learned, finding the right collaboration tool is a challenge. We've been trying to find something that works well since we started the podcast. And Stu's looking for a system that he can use for his businesses, particularly Nero's notes. And it's been a journey. Uh, What are your thoughts on the journey so far,
1: Stu? It's a challenging one, isn't it? It certainly is. I was, um, I was quite surprised how challenging it was because previously I didn't really use one at all. So I communicated uh, with the team by email or a messenger app or Slack. Those would be the three sort of communication methods. In terms of project management, we didn't really use anything other than the communication side. And in terms of sort of document control, document sharing, we use Dropbox. So a fairly standard and basic system that, to be honest, if you're not doing anything terribly complicated, will work. But it requires a lot of input from all of the users. You have to to really think about communication. Uh, and it can also be very inefficient because you end up with things like status meetings and, you know, should we, should we have a chat about this? Should we have a chat about that? So in my sort of jobby job, I was introduced to a medieval form of torture called Microsoft Teams, uh, which I'm sure many listeners have personal experience of. Can you hear the collective size of all of our listeners? I, I certainly can. I mean, it is, in its defense, there's not actually much wrong with it. I mean, it sets out to, to do certain things and it does them reasonably well. But it does them in that sort of Microsoft prickly, gangly way. It's it's all sort of elbows and knees and you knock into it everywhere. It's not smooth. It's not enjoyable. And I I don't know, I think it's probably done a huge disservice for the color purple. But using that, I've wandered into a world where the company that I'm working with uses Microsoft Teams and it uses uh, an Exchange server and Microsoft Outlook for email and calendars. Ah,
0: corporate world.
1: Yeah. So it, it appears to have absolutely no strategy for how that all works, uh, and how that integrates. And then of course you've got IT people who say, for heaven's sake, you can't get in touch with me by email or teams. I want a ticket. Oh gosh. And so there's an IT ticketing system which everybody has to remember the email address and the web address of so that they can successfully put in a ticket. Although, generally speaking, you have to put in a big, long password that you're not allowed to save anywhere. Yep, anyway. <laughs> so the whole thing is sort of chaotic. And it made me think, well, this, this really, no. I mean, this can't be the best way of doing it. And, you know, this is a, a fund that's doing it at a reasonable scale. You know, there's, there's quite a lot of people on this system And you learn how to use it through experience. So I know that, you know, boss A has no idea what Microsoft Teams is and responds to email on a Thursday. And boss B doesn't respond to anything. And boss C, well, you contact him through person X who seems to have a relationship with boss C. Anyway, so you learn all of that stuff. And all of this is, you know, very corporate. It happens in every corporation that I've ever been involved with. Uh Uh-huh. Something evolves and emerges, and it's it's horrible. I think so for Nero's and for my own sort of projects, because increasingly I am involved in collaborations. Um, podcast, for example, is a collaboration. Mm-hmm. People might not know this, but I am not in fact in Canada, um, where you are. So we collaborate, work remotely. We have time zones to deal with, which gives us both headaches. And I thought, well, there must be some sort of tool that will allow those that sort of interoperability between my little world and the world of all the people with whom I collaborate. And so that's Nero's notes. My consultancy business, not so much. I think it's difficult to go to a customer and say, oh, just get this new piece of software and use that to talk to me. Mm, that's, that's a tough sell. But for my podcasts, for my content creation, my blogging, uh, for my Remote management of Nero's Notes, I thought, okay, there must be a nice, elegant tool, quite lightweight, that will allow me to get rid of status meetings where we can cooperate on documents, where we can have a little bit of Slack-esque chat, a water cooler, perhaps. And so I thought, right, there must be loads of those. And so began the search. (laughs) And
0: there are loads of them, Uh, but uh, simple and uh, effective may not be quite the way to go.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very, very, I, I mean, I think you, uh, when you were putting together a show note, you immediately started bringing to the surface some of the problems. So the, the first thing I think you typed was define what we are trying to do, which probably would have been a good idea to do that before I started looking at apps. That, that probably <laughs> would have been good. So for me, I started at Basecamp uh why because i'd used it on the original design of as it was then pocketnotebooks.co.uk i took over the site and immediately decided that i needed to sort of upgrade the platform so um it was on shopify not necessarily free but Shopify very basic and I wanted to bring it up a level and I want to put a new theme on it and change the look and I'm no good at that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. I found a company that that would do it for me uh, in a place called Exeter in the southwest of the UK and I, I drove to see them it was about an hour and a half drive and they were all really cool they had uh, a great sort of company. Color. It was all young and vibrant and exciting and made me think, oh, this is great. This is fabulous. And they said, well, we use Basecamp. i went, oh, well, yeah, of course, right? I'll, I'll get that immediately. Um, and sort of just fell into it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as we discussed a couple of episodes ago, um, Basecamp committed corporate Harry Kiri, um, or some sort of, you know, weird rationalization and made some decisions that kind of scared me a little bit. So... I started looking around for some alternatives and I, I'm sort of arriving at a definition now by going, yeah, it's not this. and Nope, it's not that. And nope, it's not that. And so if I deduct away all the things that it's not, then I think I'm now getting to a place where I understand what it is I'm looking for, mm-hmm. which I guess gives us a fighting chance of finding one. What's your experience of uh, of these type of collaboration tools?
0: Yeah, I was uh, just laughing when you were talking about the corporate side of that, everything being email-based. And, uh, of course, then you get into your ERP systems that have mes- messaging systems in there and approval systems and all the rest of that. You go, oh, yes, mm-hmm. that just brings back all these these horrible memories. Yeah, it is hard to get something, particularly on a corporate side, that works really well. Uh, it takes a lot of management re-education to look at a system that is not emails and uh, even nowadays it's probably more text messages and emails but something that really is uh, comprehensive and inclusive and teams microsoft you know, uh, it it is what it is. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of large organizations particularly like to live life on the Microsoft ecosystem. And that does create problems for it. I'm luckily, I haven't used Teams, uh, but I've used other Skype messaging that was the big thing back in the day before Teams came out at one corporate with a, a ton of emails going around shared document folders on an exchange server and it was it was all very corporate and uh, you did not feel that there was a cohesive way. There was a, an awful lot of meetings, exactly as you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, I think like you, I'm looking for something that makes sense, that falls into a workflow that makes sense. And some ways, I think even something simple of using multiple systems is perhaps better than some of the alternatives we are looking at. So for us, we started doing this show on Apple Notes uh, and using uh, Skype to record. And uh, I think we were communicating, I'm not sure how we were
1: communicating at first, Stu. Um, what did we do to start with? I think we we talked and um, because it, Europe is very much in the grip of what's up. Or WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. which is owned by Facebook. So that has its own connotations. And I think, wow, were you, did you suggest messaging? I think,
0: I think we were on messaging and then we moved over to signal. So we've, we've been, we've been all over the place in uh, 11 very short episodes
1: for sure. Yeah. It, you sort of inherit systems. So TJ and I in in, uh, 1857 use uh, Apple notes and we now use signal in the past. We used to use uh, WhatsApp. And what do you use with your other podcast? Uh,
0: My other podcast is uh, communication is through Slack. We have a Slack channel Mm -hmm. that I set up for that and for uh, some of our community to join in. We've got quite an active little Slack going on there. And that works really well because I'm in Slack most of the day for my businesses. That's kind of the communication tool. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to keep keep an eye on what's going on there. Over in Canada we don't use uh, WhatsApp or Signal as much. If we need to talk, we message, i message back and forth sure. or text message, whichever it is. Uh, that seems to be the predominant thing. Uh, the WhatsApp there it is out here, but it's mostly for people that are either on large groups or weird family that uh, use um Android phones. Mm-hmm. Most people out here just simply text, it's the easier way to go. Communicating with Europe, though, one does have to make a choice of WhatsApp, no chance, or Signal, which is kind of my preferred one. But my one person that is on Signal is you, because sure. uh, it's not something I use. And you even have notifications turned on, so I can actually see when you <gasps> when you text
1: me. Exciting. It's a, a great privilege, for which I'm very grateful.
0: For systems, though, uh, we started on Basecamp, mm. and, th- and that... As much as there are problems with it, I think the workflow is simple. It's intuitive. It works well for almost anybody. Yep. And if they hadn't shot themselves in the foot or a little bit higher, would probably still be a very good option. Uh, I use Asana with my team here and I like Asana. However, you don't like it because there is no native backup. Is that
1: correct? Right. That's one of the issues with it. I mean, I would sort of on my little journey from Basecamp, because I agree with you, Basecamp is far from perfect. But my colleague at Nero's Notes, Claire, who describes herself as a techno FUD, opened up Basecamp. I went, oh, okay. And then she opened up Asana and went, what's that? Uh, and then it's just gotten worse for her. <laughs> well, I would lump in uh, Click Up with Asana. So those were the two I suppose highest rated alternatives to Basecamp and I took up trials with both Asana first and then ClickUp and they're both both very very powerful and um, that was apparent to me and also if you re- they they remind me of Omnifocus. Mm. So if you want to go into an incredibly unnecessary amount of depth to achieve something very very simple These are the tools for you because you can really, really get in there and have all sorts of automations, all sorts of little tweaks, you know, any of your own foibles, you can build it into your system. It's great. But in terms of putting the screen in front of someone, in both cases, it's like, oh, wow. And I was getting messages from all of my co-collaborators saying, where's the chat function? How, how do I say something to you? oh, ah, they, you know, the, the learning curve was sufficiently steep for, for them to be immediately turned off. So that was the real problem with both Asana and ClickUp for me.
0: Mm -hmm. I could see that.
1: The learning curve was just such, such a, a steep one.
0: Yeah. So Asana itself, I would say is very, is probably the more simple of the ones. It's a standard task board that uh, you assign your tasks. You can get into some of the other aspects of it. It can be a little complicated, a little daunting, where you have task lists and uh, calendars and all the rest of those. But I recommend if you go into looking at that as a task board. As a collaboration tool, though, it does get a little bit more tricky. Mm -hmm. Where do you write things? You have to find the task. You have to, uh, what is the correct saying that everybody uses now? At somebody to get their attention and what the conversation is. And the conversation is not really free-flowing. It is more, I'm going to say something, I'm going to assign a comment on this task to you to follow up on. Hey, Stu, I need you to go in and check this and get back to me on it type of thing. It's really not a true functioning integrated system, perhaps, of the way the Basecamp is.
2: Hmm.
0: ClickUp, ClickUp, oh boy, what do I have to say about that? Uh, ClickUp was like Microsoft wrote Asana.
1: Yep. I'd agree with that. Very, very corporate
0: It did not feel at all, you know, and I, I, maybe this is a design difference. It was unintuitive. It felt like something that I would have to invest a lot of time in. However, the overall part of it still made sense. I could look at it, again, probably based on my uh, view of Asana and figure out ways to work with it. But it uh, was, uh, as we've gone, they've become less and less approachable for the average user, I think,
1: without substantial training. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting Where you know, without wanting to revisit the Basecamp conversation, but those three tools, you can spot the difference very easily. So Asana and ClickUp, are determined to give you, the user, every option. And to a certain extent, certainly in clickup, will then allow you to customize the interface so that your preferred option is the immediately visible and surfaceable one, and other options are hidden away. But that requires somebody, uh, in my case, me, to get very involved with it, very expert, and then customize the experience for everyone else mm-hmm. remotely, which would have had its own challenges. And that's, that's a very, very attractive thing is, you know, this is a tool that can pretty much, it's, it's something that's going to come up again when we, we talk about a few points down on your list, uh, something that's extremely powerful, but requires a lot of customization. And you could see that Asana and ClickUp were doing that. And you could also see that base camp was really opinionated and said, you can do this 36 ways, but here you can do it this way or not at all. That's it. Mm -hmm. This is how you will do this. And that's the whole opinionated base camp that everybody uh, has been talking about. And one could now argue that it's their Achilles heel as well as their greatest strength, insofar as because they've made those decisions for you in. Well, I would contest an Apple esque way. That's how you do that. So the learning curve is pretty simple, but it might not be your ideal solution. But it's the only one you've got, which makes it easier. The paralysis of choice almost it takes that away. Yeah, yeah, and because there's only one option, uh, everything is very surfaceable. So it's right there in front of you. Chat was easy to find. Projects were easy to find. It was it was easy to navigate, or oh, it still is, I think interestingly, they're sending me emails at the moment trying to tempt me back to the base camper camp mm. with all sorts of free offers. Now, I don't know if that's just um, you know, a sort of automation that's always been there or whether it's um, some sort of response to the, the current uh, situation, I don't know.
0: Maybe they're trying to hire you because uh, from what I heard, they need uh, to hire some people pretty quick.
1: Well, either that or they've got a very slimmed down operation, I suppose, is, what's, is what their crisis management team will be telling them. But the one that we're trying at the moment um, is called Rike, which is W-R-I-K-E. And it has some of the weaknesses of Asana and ClickUp from my point of view in that it doesn't have a Mac app because Mac apps aren't very trendy anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you view it on the web. It does have a, a mobile uh, application, which is quite nice, I think. And this was recommended to me by uh, Inon, or Enon, of um, Dapper Notes, who A, is going to be helping me do the website and is one of the key collaborators, so that's always a good sign. Um, And two, he's a very, very smart man. So I was really quite interested to try this. And it's, thus far, you know, it's got a bit of base camp to it, as in I could easily find what I'm looking for, or easier than the ClickUp and Asana but it's also got a degree of customization and choice. So it it may be the perfect middle ground, but there's still a learning curve and one that I will need to invest time into. And, and it's, as you just picked up on, it's still task-based. So conversation works around tasks and it's almost, I think we're almost at the point of in each sort of project area or folder. There's all sorts of terminologies to learn, but Um, there will be a task that's called chat. So around about, um, if we take subscriptions at Nero's Note, anything about subscriptions will be in the subscription folder in a task that is simply called chat. So that's where Claire and I will be able to kick around various things without getting into the specifics. Because otherwise, we find that we have maybe 20 tasks going in a folder and some of them overlap. And so, you know, where is the comment? Where did I say that? Where did I say this? Which gets you back to the very problem you're trying to get away from. So we're already beginning to sort of customize. But at the same time, I have, I have a control. And in a true scientific sense, I have a control in that I have Amanda. I'm not sure you've ever spoken to Amanda. No, so, no. But this is Dr. Amanda Fleet. Mm. Dr. Amanda Fleet. Um, who is a doctor of physiology, um, which she once jokingly told, told a man who was annoying her in a bar meant she studied fizzy drinks. She was, she was (laughs) a a doctor of seven up. It's not, it's about, it's about how the body works. And so she teaches doctors or future doctors how the body works. This is a really smart cookie, ladies and gentlemen, who is deeply skeptical of all things computer in a very healthy way, I think. Because she pushes back and says, okay, yeah, all right, so we're going to do that, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Slack and Dropbox? Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, I think, the killer question with any of these systems is, you know, what, what are you replacing? What are you gaining against that most basic of systems? Now, the, the answer in this particular one, I think, is, is, is file management, file sharing, document management. But then people turn to me and say, well, actually, you can do a lot of that in Slack. And I go, I think, I maybe don't know how to use Slack. That might be my problem. Mm. So as you may gather, dear listener, <laughs> the journey continues. I'm not, I'm not decided on one way or another at the moment. And there is an element of, um, you know, shining new things. Am, uh, am I trying to find a solution for a problem I haven't got yet? I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so what do you like about this Right, I haven't spent, it's honestly, it's one of these tools that is not very intuitive. And I haven't spent any more time than quickly looking through it and clicking at the various uh, parts of that. It has a personal or remote work, a team section that all seem to be completely different. Sure. Uh, a bunch of to-dos and created by me and dashboards that don't show me a heck of a lot. It's uh, it, It's very confusing some live keyboard for you. Oh, Stu, you're killing me on the edit here.
1: Here's my clicky keyboard. <laughs> like you, you can leave that in for the listener. You can just show them the problems you have. Uh, I've just opened it up for right, because it's easier to talk about it. Um, the, the spaces that you're referring to. So I've set up some, some sort of uh, experimental spaces. There's personal, there's Lime, there's Nero's notes, mm-hmm. uh, there's podcasts, there's sl.com on my website. Um, and that, you can set up as many spaces as you wish. And those are areas to which you could invite collaborators. So for people who are working with me on Nero's Notes, they would be invited specifically into Nero's Notes. You can also set people up as sort of, you know, full-blown colleagues who can, who can access everything. And I think, well, now I know that at the heart, what I want is an app to rule them all. Correct. So I want a place where I can go and say, right, all of the things that I have on or that I have an involvement in are here. So even my corporate clients will slip in under Lime. Lime is the name of my consultancy company. So
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, they slip in there, and things that I'm doing with them, I know are here, and I can build in my own sort of personal task management, which may have nothing to do with collaboration or very often has nothing to do with collaboration. And that's really what I'm looking at. And the thing that you probably haven't explored yet on Wrike, uh is dashboards. So you can take every element of task management, and you're a uh, an omnifocus user, so you know your way around task management, young man. You can take all of those different elements, you know, contexts, locations, whatever, whatever, and and build them into dashboards. And those dashboards can then become a uh, kind of home screens, if you like. So the idea would be that I would log in to my dashboard and before me is everything that I need to do. And I can filter that in very much the same way you might do with OmniFocus. So you can see what things are on your plate for particular areas of your life. If you want to do it that way, or across all areas, if you want to do it that way, you could have a weekend dashboard, you could have a, creation dashboard and administrative dashboard. You can have a specific business. It's completely customizable. So that's, I think, the dream. But I know for me to learn all of that will take a significant investment. There's lots of material out there for me to use. There's lots of uh, seminars and videos. It's great. Mm -hmm. But before I do that, I really need to sort of bottom out with Claire, uh, with people like you, with TJ is this something that is actually going to help you or hinder you? Because if it's going to hinder you, most of the people that I work with, yourself included, are very nice people. And so they go, yeah, well, I can kind of make it work. But if I hear I can kind of make it work, then I know that that person doesn't want to make it work and I'm imposing upon them. And then ultimately that's going to create a problem. You know, In one way or another, that problem is going to manifest because guess what? Everybody's busy. And this is where I think you really get to the nub of the problem with these things. It needs to be everyone, and everyone needs to go all in.
0: Uh, That's correct. Any
1: collaboration has to be everybody. Yeah. If you can't get to that point, then even if Reich is the best thing ever, and I don't know if it is, but even if it were, it's no good to me if all the people that I'm collaborating with go, oh, I don't know how to do this, or send them an email. (laughs) Which is okay we, we're kind of not not getting anywhere so that's the challenge i
0: think ah uh, yeah we don't like it we'll work around it
1: yeah yeah and you know I, I, people are well within the rights to do that i mean the system has to be something that works for everyone and in the corporate world what happens is you just get something imposed upon you
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and then you end up with these I, academically it's a wonderful thing to study because you know i work in a company where there are people who still are going look i've got email and i've got a telephone if i need to speak to person a or i will phone them or i will email them that's it i don't need anything else uh, and i've got other people who will you know desperately try and avoid sending email but they'll send you lots of emojis on on uh microsoft teams oh god oh yes oh they've got their own emojis they, they weren't happy with everybody else's emojis they made their own um uh
0: can you make a middle finger emoji for returns? turns <laughs> uh Obviously,
1: Justin, I would not know that. That's not the sort of thing that I would invest time, in, but um, I would be very surprised if you couldn't.
0: The passive-aggressive in me, uh, if somebody's sending me too many emojis,
1: yeah, that, that, that's... I'll I, I tell you something funny that's coming to my life at the moment is my wife's Italian, as I think everybody knows, um, and we often refer to each other as amore, which is, is love, my love. And um, she's now recently taken to the Digital assistant provided by Apple, whose name I shan't mention, just in case Justin and I's electronics kick off. But that digital assistant interprets, uh, amore as emoji. So so I get lots of messages (laughs) saying, I'll be home in a minute, emoji. Um, which is just just tickles me for the first, for the first few. I thought she's trying to do something really clever here. And, and then I asked her and she went, no, I just say amore. And that's what it translates it to. Where are you with all of these things? I mean, you've you've listed some other options there. Uh, have you used those? Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so I'm looking at this one. Rike to me, is rife for a corporate implementation partner. It is the idea that somebody's going to come in and tell you how to set up the system. It is extremely open, and that is... As, as you said uh, when talking about Basecamp and Asana and going up to ClickUp, uh, Reich is even more open-ended. There is so much in there that you have to invest the time, including myself, and I, I like to think of myself as somewhat uh, technical savvy. Uh, I would have to invest the time to get the best out of this from watching their videos, and I can't tell you the last time I watched a video when I wasn't in deep into a software and had found a particular problem that I was looking for an answer for Uh, just to pick it up and look at it it seems to have some issues without a corporate partner to really set up right and give you a direction I think a lot of users will have a hard time with it I wanted to look at the other options hmm. that are out there and think about would they be any better or are they going to be similar? Uh, Trello is a bit like Asana. I know people tend to go into one camp or the other, mm-hmm. but if the idea of that is challenging for user implementation, I think they're both going to be the same way that you're going to be looking, uh, much like reich actually, for that going into the dashboards and moving your stuff along. Jira is, I think they own Trello now, if I'm not mistaken. And and, and Jira is the big boy, if I'm not mistaken. I've never used it, but a lot of uh, organizations use Jira, which has a lot of automation stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But one question I did have was, have you ever used Notion, which is perhaps a little more uh, user-friendly? It's still quite an open option but you can put any sort of text block in there which may facilitate better collaboration And i'm not sure if that's a program
1: you've ever used it's um, it's interesting isn't it perception i mean i would see wrike as more guided than notion notion uh strikes me as a blank relational database with no instructions uh, that's true I guess
0: i I've got mine set up, so it uh, has a little bit more it's got templates you know that you could set yep. up and yep. and go for so yeah,
1: but yeah, i guess I guess you're right. It was quite a long time ago that I looked at notion, um and it was around about the time that the buzz was just starting. so as happens with all of these things, you know people are so, you know I run my entire life with notion, from monitoring my weight to my diet plan to building a rocket for NASA. It all happens in Notion. And those are people who've gone to, I think, great lengths and, and they've built their own templates and their own systems. As you can, in defense of all of these apps, as you can in ClickUp or Asana or Rike, probably in Andrello and Euro2, just created something that works very specifically. And I think from all of the things I've heard of Notion, I'm sure it could be done. Whether I could do it is a slightly different question. Mm -hmm. But again, what, what this process has done for me has made me go, okay, actually that's not the issue because the issue really is about usability for collaborators. Yeah, Because if I'm adding a problem to their lives, then they won't engage with it. And if they don't engage with it, then I have a system that I've designed to manage all my life with most of my life outside of it and therefore I've just created an additional set of problems for myself too. So the whole sort of, you know, I need one app to rule them all is fine if everybody else is playing. But if they're not, um, which is you know a perfectly acceptable <laughs> position to take, then it's like, okay, actually, I'm not gaining anything by having this central system. All I'm doing is creating a new set of problems and still dealing with the problems on the outside. And those problems are not huge, but it might be, Did Justin and I talk about that on the 1857 Slack or was it in the Nero's Notes Slack? Or maybe it was on Signal or hang on, perhaps he sent me an email. Those are the types of issues that I'm dealing with. And actually what happens is I know how you and I communicate and I know how TJ and I communicate and Claire has got Signal on her phone and just like you, I'm the only person on it. Because the whole Signal thing sort of came from, oh, look, WhatsApp is getting more and more Facebooky. So people uh, with some sort of knowledge of privacy and understanding of it said to people, other people, friends, look, maybe we should communicate on Signal. And people like my mum went, sorry, what? Uh, yeah, never mind, mum. So again, all that's happened is that I now have secure calms with some people, but completely open no privacy at all, comes with other people. So actually now I've just got two sets of problems. <laughs> was it on Was it on WhatsApp? And I have some people that are on both. I can think of some people that WhatsApp me and also send me notes on Signal. Confusing. Yeah, exactly. Looking for a collaboration tool is what this says on the top. But actually, as you dig a little bit deeper into the issue, what it is what it's really doing is saying I've got way too many apps and I've got way too many Different communication modes going on and collaboration modes going on, and it's confusing. But the solution is probably not a collaboration tool unless you can get everyone to do it. So if, they, if everyone works for you, it's easy. You just go, okay, so it's Microsoft Teams.
0: Yeah. Click up a Reich seem very much along that way. Here's what we do. We're going to do this from a corporate
1: perspective, and away we go. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think um, it's a personal preference thing, then exactly what look you prefer. Uh, how you find it easy to customize and then you can, you know, build your own little system and I could have my own little areas where I can, you know, have my ideas for blog posts. So I'm looking at taking workflows from apps like IA Writer or Ulysses and putting them into something like Reich and it touches back on things that you and I have discussed about, okay, I just want to live in plain text as much as I can.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then move plain text through these things, portability of data, all of that feeds into this and you've got to be so careful because nearly all of these systems will tie you into proprietary data types. You know, you get into the whole Evernote issue where I said that as if everybody knows what it is, the the big issue with Evernote always was that the documents were held in a weird and wacky form, a proprietary uh, form of document, which made importing and exporting just a little bit more troublesome than it should be. Mm-hmm. And if you had your entire life in there, that could be a bit inconvenient if you want to change. So what do you do in Notion? Um, largely
0: look at the icon on my desktop.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: I started with Notion and have largely abandoned it. I played with Notion. I played with Rome. I like the simplicity of Obsidian, and that's kind of where I've migrated to. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason I didn't bring up Obsidian is because Obsidian is basically a group of Markdown text files on my computer that I can share, but they're not as collaborative as other things where I know Notion has that same idea, but can be a little more accessible for sharing. But it's kind of the idea that it's a group of text files where text can be added and, and other blocks can be added in there. I tried Notion. I found in some ways it didn't quite do what I wanted and I would have to dig into it. The problem that I found a lot with any of these, but certainly with Notion, with Rome, is where's my data? And how do I access it and what happens if the bubble bursts and putting that much time and effort into a file that could disappear, scares the heck out of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was why my, my non-collaborative work has moved away from Notion and into Obsidian. I have actually collaborated with a couple of people. I had to do some business insurance renewals, which was a series of forms and assessments and uh, all all the other uh, histories that go along with that. And I was using uh, Notion as a collaborative tool, which got me thinking of of that and saying, okay, is that something that could be done? But if I actually think about it, it was also supplemented by text messages. So your communication side of it, still may or may not be quite where you need to go Mm
2: -hmm.
0: i I
1: think many of the sort of attractive solutions the the more you look at them the more you realize the problems they bring with them so you know as you say notion you know you're tied into things there and what happens if what if what if what if and any of the communication modes i mean i think in many ways, in the more I think about it, the more things you could do in Slack if you were prepared to, uh, you know, take a paid version of Slack and you were prepared to sort of customize a little bit how it was being used rather than the sort of out of the box experience. But you would be very much in a Slack-esque workflow um, and it wouldn't be immediately sort of transferable or portable. And I, I'm like you, I've done exactly the same. So I'm I, I have Obsidian. I'm quite comfortable with Obsidian because it is just a collection of text files. And I've, I've moved away from Ulysses, which is a fantastic piece of software. But I've moved away from it because of the sort of the way that it holds on to my files and it's in a sort of walled garden uh, within Ulysses. Whereas I now use IA Writer, which just accesses a normal text file. And allows me to edit it and I can put it there and into a vault for Obsidian and there's that, that incredible portability. Mm -hmm. But with the portability comes, if you like, a paucity of user-friendly options. You know, you couldn't present it to somebody non-technical and say, okay, this is where we chat. Just use, uh, just use an at symbol and, and hashtag, you know, they're, they're looking for something guided like, like a Slack or one of the messenger formats.
0: Mm. It it is a very interesting part. I'm thinking, you know, of the notion the Rome discussion. Do you remember what spreadsheets were like in the early days? You had Lotus 1 2 3. Yeah,
1: I remember Lotus.
0: You had uh SuperCalc was a big one that was a Canadian version. Uh then Microsoft kind of came out and everything was competing with each other. And at the end of the day, if you know, we're we, both Mac users, we have numbers on our systems. It comes built into the Mac operating system. And it's not a replacement for Excel. Excel, I still have it and I still use it. It's yeah. one of those few indispensable Microsoft products that is industry standard. If you're sending files around, it is an Excel file. Mm-hmm. Uh, those Lotus One, two, three, I'm not even sure if I could open those anymore, should I still have any yeah. in those piles of disks that i have under my desk but um yeah it's it's a very weird thing how are these going to come out and what happens to all of the documentation that you have can you get it back out before you know let's say the funding runs out of notion a lot of these are free versions so if they're geared towards corporate maybe they've got a business model that puts them in for long-term survival the way the silicon valley system goes at the moment in a lot of cases what's happened everybody's just building these up based on investor money until they get bought out and then all of a sudden notion will be the next version of google that is coming back
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean it it is I, I guess it comes with age as well <laughs> i wrote well i went to university to study independent studies so the way that worked, it was a kind of sort of post-grad model for undergrads. So I had to propose something upon which I could be assessed for a degree. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds as though it's a little bit of a skive, and that's kind of what I thought it was. Um, and it wasn't. So I wanted to study the sociology of postmodernism. Okay, I have no idea what that even is. Me neither. Um, And I was looking at all sorts of sociological um, concepts within um, the media and within postmodernism and how those things interacted. And I had a supervisor, uh, the most memorably named lecturer of my life, Scott Lash. He was my supervisor. (laughs) Uh, And essentially I was writing a book That was what was going to be the sort of final output. That was going to be more than 50% of my assessment was going to be the final thesis, which is not particularly unusual. I never never finished it, by the way. I I left university and went off to earn money instead. But all of the work that I did on that, and there was about 80,000 words, so there there was quite a lot of work done, was on an Amstrad, I can't even remember the name of it, word processor. Oh, gosh, I remember those. Beige with a green green text on a black screen. Yep, yep, I remember those. Wow. Would all have been floppy disks and all of that 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 good stuff. A, I've no idea where any of the hardware is, so I don't know if I've actually got any of the disks. And B, how the heck would I open them? Oof. And anybody who's written 80,000 words will know that you regret the fact you'll never be able to see them again. Mm, I can imagine. So more as I've been sort of over the last couple of years doing a lot more writing, I mean, I've written on my on my website is maybe 250,000, something like that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of words up there. Um, and I have that in all sorts of places, but ultimately it comes back, it's a plain text file, a lot of plain text files. Uh, and there's a real comfort in that for me. And I can put them into obsidian vaults and, you know, back them up into different places. But it's not, you know, it's not in one place, which, as you say, may or may not be funded next year. Well, mm-hmm. oh, I've just scared myself saying all that, Just, I'm going to go and check on my backups. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, really, uh, Backblaze uh, comes to, to us and uh, we've got a good
1: ideal spot for. Uh... <laughs> and, and I can say with my hand on my heart, I am a, uh, a confirmed Backblaze user. Um, and I, I back up all my stuff from one computer to the other, all of which are then backed up on backblaze. Mm -hmm.
0: I'll have to tell you my story of, uh, never needing backblaze until I did. And oh my
1: God, did it save my rear end. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly that. An important thing to have.
0: Right. So it sounds like the, there is no conclusion yet on what is
1: the best collaboration tools for what we are. Want to do well? I'll be really straightforward about this. I've made this process. I think I have found useful. I think my collaborators have found it annoying. But there'll be two two big things that I say I've learned from this. One, base camp is best in class for this. Yeah, I completely agree. There's a reason they were doing so well, which is just all the more galling um, (laughs) as to what happened afterwards. But the second thing. That I think I've learned from it, which is probably going to be my takeaway from this, is the importance. uh, You touched on it of of defining the problem. Because even talking to you now in this episode, I've, I've defined the problem more clearly. I have a clearer understanding. I have clarity about what the problem is. And it could, in fact, be resolved by getting buy in to a set. Of protocols or rules yeah this is how we use dropbox this is how we use slack which are existing tools that i have slack i don't think i pay for no i don't it's free uh dropbox i've got uh, some sort of personal plan and you know these aren't huge files that, that i'm talking about that we're sharing and collaborating on and if all of my collaborators were happy with how those things worked then I think it would all work okay. There's an argument about Dropbox and, and Google. Well, we could definitely talk about that. Um, but that, for me, is the biggest takeaway, is that definition, just defining exactly what the problem is and and working out what, what possible solutions exist rather than going, I need an app that will kill all other apps. Mm-hmm.
0: I did notice, and I should point it out for completeness, uh, both of us completely ignored the whole Google uh, sharing Google Documents Whatever they call it nowadays, uh, discussion. Um, Mm -hmm. I use it for work uh, mostly because uh, my boss is a big Google fan, and there's a reason that it did not come up in in terms of my um, thought process. It's not a great option, but it is
1: there Mm -hmm. if you're all into working in a website. Yeah, I mean, Google. It's Google. Uh, That that's the problem. It's Google. It's like Facebook. It's Facebook, and. Again, I mean, I, I suppose it's credit where it's due. The you know, Google Docs, uh, which we, we are using right now for a show note, um, does work better than anything else I've tried. So it works better than Apple Notes. It works better than Craft, which is a very sort of posh Apple Notes sort of expansion, I suppose. It even works better than, than Obsidian or, or Rome uh, in terms of that sort of real-time collaboration. It's great. Mm-hmm. But it is, as you say, I mean, it's... It's ugly, it's awful, it's it's got its foibles, it's awkward. Um, And I'd rather just avoid it because, well, Google.
0: Mm All right, my takeaway from this episode is keep it simple. I've certainly looked at uh, all of these collaboration tools and some other ones, and you've got to find something that works for you and everybody you're collaborating with and double down on it. Uh, so you know, taking that away from Stu's sort of revelation of maybe using the systems that you've got, Slack and uh, Dropbox, for example, maybe defining that, double down on what works. If you have something that people aren't comfortable with, you know, the the new hotness is not is not always better. Is kind of the way I was going to put it. Mm. But really, some of these new tools are just recreating systems at work trying to find one tool that does it all maybe it does maybe it doesn't Uh, I think we've identified that there are some challenges to using each one of them Uh, and really it comes down to uh, getting users accepting it and trained on it particularly ones that you don't have complete control over you know if you're doing this and this is your employees this is your company you have a lot different uh, approach to it but even so, I still think the mantra of keep it simple is going to be critical for this one. Oh, Amen. Interesting discussion.
1: Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, the easiest place to find me is at stuartlennon.com. And if you have an interest in analog tools, then swing by nerosnotes.co.uk. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Stu
0: Great. You can find both of us here at stationeryadjacent.com. That has links to all of our websites, uh, my personal website, justintwyford.com. And I write at writeexperience.com where I talk about stationery Sometimes when I have time, uh, please like us and review us in your podcatcher of choice. And we really do appreciate your recommendation to your friends and colleagues. That really is, if you can get some pearls of wisdom out of what we say. Hopefully there's something in there and you can share that. Hopefully that's the best way to help us grow. Our next topic is going to be on corporate motivation. Mm. Until then, goodbye and stay productive.
2: Yes, Yes.